Butch and Melva Herr, who've been attending here at church for quite a while, uh, were kind enough to invite my wife Diane and I to their house, and they're pretty serious about hummingbirds, and they had a bunch of feeders, and we sat in the porch for a couple hours, and I saw more hummingbirds in that one evening than I had seen in my entire life up to that point, and uh, there was someone there actually capturing them safely and weighing them. They don't weigh much and putting a band on their leg and then some of them they set in my hand and the hummingbird would fly away. And I was mesmerized by this and I thought, you know, I'm gonna get a feeder myself. And so I did for the first time this year. And sure enough, around April, the first one showed up. And I have so enjoyed watching these incredible creations of God. They're, they're just beautiful. But as I watched them, I realized that, you know, they're, they're not just sweet little birds. They're like kind of combative. They're kind of selfish. And, and uh, if two of them, I have never seen two feet on my feeder at the same time. They just will not let that happen. And so uh, if they do arrive at the same time, they go into this little combative dance where they face to face go through the air, up and down, and eventually one of them leaves and one comes down and feeds, and I was watching this take place uh, about a week and a half ago, and uh, about that time, a, a red-tailed hawk flew into the backyard, and you know, why is he there? Well, he's kinda got a nasty intent on his mind. He wants to eat something. He wants to eat one of the birds at the feeder, and, and so birds scatter, and he's watching, checked out a squirrel, figured that's a little too big to tackle, and, and yet he's just there posed, waiting to attack something and eat it. About then, from the left, of, as I'm sitting in the sunroom looking out the window, from my left comes a feral cat that I made the mistake of feeding five or six years ago, don't ever do that. And, and you know, it, it had just eaten you know, a nice bowl of food, but, but it didn't matter. It, it was stalking, looking for something to eat, a mole, a mouse, a bird, anything. And it's incredible to watch for, for five, 10 minutes at a time, the stalking and the patience they use. And, 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 and I've said in the past, I mean, they, even if they have full bellies, they just want to kill something and they enjoy it. And once they kill it, they'll toss it in the air and pretend it's alive and jump on it and, 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 and full belly or not. And I've often felt like if they weighed, oh, say 150 pounds, they would attack me and eat me. I have no doubt about that. And, and so here I'm watching all these beautiful creations in the backyard, and, and they are beautiful, but there wasn't a whole lot of love on display. Uh, there was a lot of darkness going on as, as I watched it. And, and you know, I thought about it, that, that we live in, in a world that is filled with darkness, and as disciples of Jesus, and we decide to follow him, then we've got to learn how to navigate in, a, in an increasingly dark world where, where kids are just grabbed off the streets in front of their houses, where the elderly are, are robbed, where human trafficking takes place, where violent assaults take place in broad daylight, where, where groups of people will just go in and, and completely clean out a store, uh, where we see this, this widening, hateful divides that are taking place and, and increasingly seeing vicious attacks on anyone who believes in or defends the truth, defends the values that are found in God's word, a dark world. 
I wanna follow you, Jesus. What does it look like for me to follow Jesus in this dark world? I have a picture here uh, from Spruce Lake. My wife and I were there. We get there about once a year, and uh, a picture of a trail that's about a, a little over a mile long from the camp where we were at that goes back into what they call wilderness camp, and it was fun to walk and jog that in the mornings. It's more beautiful right now with all the leaves on the trees and what it shows in that picture. But as we were walking it, Diane uh, had worked at this camp for a summer, uh, several decades before, and she was remembering walking that trail, you know, on nights there's no moonlight, no flashlight, and a group of them heading back to the cabin, and, and you can't see your hand in front of your face. And we've all been in that situation where it is so black, you can't see anything in front of you, and, and it slows us down, it impedes our progress, it can be a little confusing, and a little scary and a little bit fun, but you certainly don't want to just start running full speed ahead. You just can't. It, it, it slows you down. Jesus uh, looked down on the earth and, and, and he saw a lot of people that he loved lost in darkness and, and he loved those people so much that he went on a rescue plan uh, to save those people, to save us and, and only Jesus was uniquely equipped to lead us out of the darkness. We read in John chapter Eight, verse 12, Jesus spoke to the people again and he said, I am the light of the world. The man who follows me will never walk in the dark but will live his life in the light. And so the purpose of our darkness to light transformation goes way beyond us not having to stumble in the darkness. It goes way beyond us avoiding hell and, and being able to go to heaven. Uh, Jesus in Matthew chapter five, after telling those who followed him, his disciples, that you are the light of the world, he gave his disciples, disciples from every generation, this critical statement. This is your mission. Chapter five, verse 16 of Matthew, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so Jesus, he wants to capture our hearts so completely that those that interact with us end up thinking highly of him and highly of his Father in heaven, that they are drawn to them. And I want this, I want this to be true in my life. I want it to be true in, in every one of our lives. And so today, we're gonna begin to formulate, and we're not gonna have time to work on it here today, but please, I want you to work on this. I want this, this can be something that has such a positive impact in your life. And so, grab your sermon guide, uh, no doodling, but I, do encourage you to write a little bit uh, as we go down through here. But, but we're gonna formulate initiatives and, and each one can look a little bit different, but I want it to be what, when we wake up in the morning, we're ready to implement these goals. We're excited to be light in a dark world and, and, and wake up committed to passing on Jesus' heart and his values to, to our world, if you do. Your life's gonna make a lot more sense. Your life's gonna have a whole lot more purpose. The people that intersect with your life will be better because of that connection, and your life is gonna count for eternity. 
And that's a big deal. Last week, we looked at the Great Commission, and Jesus had gathered his disciples together, and he's getting ready to head back to heaven. And after telling them that he had all authority, he was in control completely, he gave them their marching orders, an actual command, uh, Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. Therefore, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And as Josh shared with us last week, an impossible thing. Go everywhere, tell everyone, pass on this crazy, powerful message of the gospel. And, and, and how do we do that? And yet we cease that that command sandwiched between a truth that, that God is in authority, he is in control, and, and then the bottom slice of that bread is the truth that he says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age, and after that we know comes heaven, and, and so there's this promise of the presence of, of the Lord Jesus Christ that goes with us. In Mark 12, in response to a Pharisee's seemingly, I think, sincere question. And the Pharisees were often discussing of all the commandments and they had formulated so many of their own, probably 600 plus, and, and, and they asked Jesus that day of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus succinctly expresses the core values that he wants to pass on as he shares the, the greatest commandments in Mark chapter 12, Jesus answered, he says, the foremost is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment that exists that's greater than these. And, and so Jesus, he's quoting from Deuteronomy chapter six and from Rev, or, or Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, and, and he makes it clear that what mattered the most to him wasn't the keeping of these 600 commandments that so much more important to him was, was having a relationship, a relationship, a sold out love relationship with his creation, with his disciples, him loving them, they loving him back. And, and you know, if we really believe that Jesus is our savior, if we're sitting here and we say, I'm a disciple of Jesus, I believe that you are my savior, I truly believe that you died on the cross, I believe you allowed yourself to, 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 to bleed to death for me, for my sins so that I can be rescued, then, then any other response would be illogical. The only appropriate response is, here I am, Jesus, I surrender to you. You take all of me, nothing else, nothing else makes sense if we really believe that Jesus is our Savior. The Great Commission and the Great Commandment, as we look at them, inform us of the core values that Jesus wants us to teach, what he wants us to pass on to everyone, every, everywhere. 
In 2007, some 15 years ago, the elders and staff uh, were each given uh, one of these books, A Harmony of the Gospels, and we spent several months reading through this and marking it up and, and giving special attention to, to accounts about Jesus and the impact that Jesus had upon life and upon people. And, and as a result of, of that several months study, uh, we started talking about why do we exist as a church? And, and we had a good mission statement at that time, but, but, but God drew us to a statement that you hear at least once every week, and, and that is knowing, living, sharing the heart of Jesus. And, and in our remaining time here today, I want to use this mission statement, knowing, living, sharing the heart of Jesus as a framework to help us create a personal start the day plan. And again, my hope is that as you wrestle with this and as you formulate this plan, that it'll be something that when you wake up in the morning, as week after week go by, it'll become more clear to you that, that you won't have to look at your sermon guide or where you wrote this out, but it'll become clear to you that this is why I, ex I exist. This is what God wants me to focus on today and accomplish today. This is why he's left me on this earth. And so we're, we're gonna look at all three of these sections. The first one is know the heart of Jesus. And knowing the heart of Jesus is about our own personal transformation. And, and if, if we're going to experience that personal transformation, there's two essentials that, that have to be a part of it. First of all, we have to know that we are loved. Loving God with, with all we are begins with truly believing and receiving the truth that God loves us. And, and those facts are clear throughout scripture. One of the most common verses is John 3:16. for God so loved the world. What did he do? He sent his son, his only begotten son, to come to this earth. Why did he come? He came to die for us. He loves us. He gave his life for us. And yet there is so much prevailing darkness around us. And, 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 and we get wounded and, and, and we get lost and we get confused and it can, can block our, our ability to receive that message. We need to start at that point that, that we are fully loved. It's difficult for us to love others well if we don't feel loved ourselves. And so we've gotta let God define us. He's the one that made us. Us. We need to receive the value that he places in us. As we get better at receiving that love, as we get better at receiving that love and, and returning that love to God, we get better and better at loving those around us. That love spills out into all of our relationships. I said two essentials under here. Uh, the second one is prioritize time spent with Jesus. Our biggest enemy in knowing the heart of Jesus and developing that relationship is that in most cases we are chronically too busy. And so we've gotta make sure that it is a priority in our lives that, that we kick some stuff out of our priority list so that we have that time to develop that relationship with God. It all grows out of this relationship. In the NFL, the 
they start their training camps and they wheel and deal throughout the off season, start their training camps and they start with 90 players. They're allowed to have 90 players show up at camp that first day. And then in a matter of weeks, they got to whittle that down all the way to 53 players. And boy, at the end, that, that, that last day, four o'clock last Tuesday, I know way too much about this. Coaches are huddled and they're, they're trying to figure out this player is really good. He was great in college, but, but this player is going to help us more and they've got to cut players that are really good. And sometimes other teams quickly snag them. You know, as we think about prioritizing our time with Jesus, we got to realize that we got to make cuts. If, as it says in Psalm 46.10, we're to be still and know that I am God, we've got to make cuts that create more time to be still. Time that we can listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to slow down and listen. We need to meditate on God's word. We need to allow God's word, the, the foundation of all we know about God to, to be a driving influence in our lives on a regular basis. And so the first area, know the heart of Jesus, it's all about personal transformation. It's all about a relationship and everything that we pass on to others grows out of that relationship. So here's where, we're not gonna have time to work on this, but, but on your sermon guide, please notice, uh, you know, I have that, we're kind of, you know, we've already started next steps, and instead of telling you to do them completely at homework, go on over them right here. And, and the first step here is, you start the day knowing the heart of Jesus' plan. And the focus here. Uh, that I want all of us to formulate in the coming days a focus. And for me, it's a lot like this. Wake up my focus. Jesus, I know you love me and I commit myself to spending quality time with you today. I know you love me. And, and I tell you what, you think, well, of course you know, but no. It is so important that we allow God to breathe that into our lives. And then an action step. You start the day knowing the heart of Jesus' plan. Have a focus. Write that focus out and have action steps. And so for me, it looks something like this. I will take time to be still and listen to the Holy Spirit's promptings. I will spend time in God's word today and get specific about that. I'll worship God with songs that magnify Jesus. We did that this morning. I love the name of Jesus. I love to hear it, sing it, think about the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus Christ. As we develop our relationship with Jesus, and as that becomes more personal, more real, it automatically spills out of us. It's like you've got a new grandkid and you gotta force yourself not to make everybody look at a dozen pictures of them. It spills out of us. He's our savior. He died for us. He calls us his children, his disciples. And he sends us on a mission, and that mission to do it well grows out of our relationship with him. We skimp on that, and the rest goes down the tubes. 
I uh, have a picture of a sunrise here and had COVID last September and got very weak and wasn't able to even walk the lane. And then when I believe it was the first day that I finally made this loop, a short loop, a half mile loop walking, and I was only going to go 100, 200 yards and turn back. I just wanted to be on this grassy trail. And, and then I thought, oh, I think I can keep going. And, and I came up around, I was going uphill a little bit and looked over toward where the house is, and there's a sunrise, and things were kind of foggyish, and, and it gave such a neat, neat look. And I talk about a Jesus playlist, and I didn't have that formulated at that time, but I had a couple songs about Jesus that, that I just love so much, and, and, and I was listening to one called Give Me Jesus by Danny Gokey, and, and it's just a beautiful song about, you know, in the morning, give me Jesus. <laughs> you know, when I'm alone, give me Jesus. When I come to die, give me Jesus. He is, he is all that I need, and so all this is going through my head and my heart, and I'm seeing this sunrise, and I'm thinking about, hey, I'm, I'm making this half-mile walk. I think I'm going to make it, and, and, and it's just nothing else matters. Just give me Jesus. And, and for each one of these, these areas that I want you to work on this week, I have a song attached to it. And I, I want you, when, when you get to thinking, okay, it's the start of my day knowing the heart of Jesus, I want you to just listen to that song. And then God will give you other songs that might mean a whole lot more to you. But listen to that song. And let it set you, your thoughts on Jesus, and then start to say, what should my focus be? What should my action be? Now, we got some funny little things on the bottom of your sermon guide. Supposedly, if you take your camera and aim it at that, and songs will appear. But you also, boy, you can just go online and put in a song, and it'll give you 15 videos of it. But I encourage you to listen to that. I encourage life groups. You know, work on this individually, but the next time you come together as a life group, I encourage you to just go down through this practice. Play the songs, let God speak to your heart and talk about your focus and talk about your action step in each area. The second area is live the heart of Jesus. Living the heart of Jesus is about relational transformation. Shortly believing, before leaving earth, Jesus poured his heart out to his father and, and he shared with his father huge concerns that he had and things that he really valued. And, and we read in John chapter 17, he cries out to his father, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So that includes anyone here that has believed that message. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. This is a crazy unity that he's praying for, for the community of believers, and may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. And so again, we see Jesus doesn't let us separate our relationship with God from our relationship with our family, with our friends, with the community of believers. The two are so tied together. And I wonder what your important relationships now, your marriage relationship, your relationship with relatives, your relationship with friends, your relationship with neighbors and coworkers, I wonder what that tells about your relationship with God. The two are intertwined. When we're loving our spouses, we're loving God. When we're loving God, we're loving our spouses. You can't separate those two. We're fooling ourselves if we do. 
our mission of living the heart of Jesus, having transformed relationships, moves beyond the community of believers, and we already touched on this in Mark 12, 31. It says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these, and if we truly believe Jesus died for us, and when we were still a repulsive mess, then we're left with little grounds to pick and choose people maybe we choose not to love. How can we not love someone that Jesus loved so much he died for them? As those without Christ look on us, they should see dynamics that can only be explained by God. Look how they relate. Look how they're responding in this situation. How in the world is that possible? It can only be explained by the transforming work of God, his Holy Spirit, the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We gotta know that there's gonna be sacrifice involved when we decide, I wanna live out the heart of Jesus. I want to have transformed relationships. I wanna be God's hand and feet and heart. I want God to use my time, my resources, my gifts to be used to, to build bridges to point people to Jesus. There's always gonna be a sacrifice to that. Man, there's just times where God has called me into situations that seem so impossible so impossible. I remember getting a call from a state trooper and saying there's someone just witnessed their friend dying in a car wreck, sat beside them as they died. They're now sitting in the station here. Can you come talk to them? And, and I just remember thinking, oh my goodness, this is crazy. And yet, what an opportunity I had. And the stories uh, can get to be a long and more amazing one. I don't have time here today, but I just want to say that, that boy, I, I made a connection and I got to pray with her and share about Jesus and there was such a, a light going on in her head and heart through that time. When we say, I wanna, I wanna have transformed relationships and I wanna live out the heart of Jesus, then, then there's gonna be sacrifice involved with that. You know, sometimes it's just small things. Sometimes, you know, I get a kick out of driving down the road on a windy day and I see a garbage can going across the road and instead of just going around it, I almost always stop my car, put my four ways on, open my door, look both ways because my life is more important than a garbage can. Can I get an amen on that, man? Okay, just saying. And I'll run over, just did it about a week ago, throw it on back in my car and off I go. You know, live in the heart of Jesus. <laughs> there's big, hard things. There's little, funny things. But it's what God's called us to do. And so I want you to start. I want you to do your start of the day living the heart of Jesus plan. And, and, and before you dive into this, uh, this week, I want you to listen to the song, Only Jesus by Casting Crowns. And I think it'll get you in the right heart frame of mind. First, your focus. Mine looks something like this. Jesus, today, I want to be the answer to your prayers for supernatural love and unity among the community of believers. God, I want that to be a reality. You prayed it. I want it to be true. I want to be a part of it, the answer to that prayer. And, and God, I want to honor you by loving all my neighbors so they can see a glimpse of you. 
And then action steps. Mine are something like this. Jesus, do I need to forgive someone in the community of believers? Is there someone in my life that I've grown, grown bitter toward? Is there some forgiveness I need to do? God, bring their name to my mind. Who, who God, needs me to love on them today with my time, my talents, and my resources? And God, help me discern where sacrifice is going to be required today. And help me say yes to you. And remember the why to all this of living out the heart of Jesus is, is our neighbors need to be the recipients of, of attractive, beautiful words and actions that help them to understand how God feels about them. <laughs> the last one here is share the heart of Jesus. Sharing the heart of Jesus is about our world's transformation. You know, we already looked at the Great Commission. We're to go everywhere and tell everyone. We're to make disciples and then we're to baptize them. They get them to declare their, their, their faith in Jesus and then we're to pass on Jesus' values to them. Mark 16, 15 succinctly says, and then he told them, that's Jesus, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. You know, sharing the heart of Jesus is about changing our world by unleashing the transforming gospel. It's about doing whatever is possible with how God's made us and wired us, doing whatever is possible to point people to Jesus, to rescue those who are lost, to we need to wake up in the morning knowing the church is the hope of the world. It's the only hope. The gospel message is the only hope. You know, our re love relationship with Jesus isn't very good. It's anemic if we don't have a growing passion for the lost, for the people that Jesus died for. If that passion isn't there, that's a telltale sign for me to say, man, I gotta, I gotta make better connections with the heart of Jesus. And I, over the years, have got drawn into a whole lot of situations. Sometimes with people I've never met, where I'll get a call, someone's dying, can you come here? Can you be with them? <laughs> or in situations where people I hardly know but they don't have an affiliation with a church or a pastor. Can you come and can you talk to them? And I've gotten to see people who weren't believers who said, don't try to persuade me differently than what I think. And I breathe a quiet prayer and I've charged in with the transforming gospel of Jesus and I've shared the gospel and, and been able to hold their hand and pray with them and hear them ask Jesus into their heart. I, I, a neighbor, neighbor of 20 years, intimidated by him early on <laughs> and then started to build a relationship and then understood he knew a lot of history and enjoyed his stories and then we started talking about eternity and God and I remember one time in the last year of his life going for one of my walks and just, just being prompted by God, you need to see him and you need to clearly share the gospel. And so, okay, I was in the street walking up the hill, going to the lane, and, and I said, okay, God. And sure enough, he was out where he hangs out a lot by a barn. And I was really, really late for supper that night. 
as I got to clarify the gospel message and then had the privilege of knowing that he understood it and believed it. And then as he died, not too many months later, uh, being asked to share at a funeral and sitting in a room as I've done multiple times with people who don't know Jesus (laughs) and asking them if I can share the hope of the gospel at the service and then saying, can I share it with you first? Then you can decide and having that opportunity. Now that's not how I'm wired. I am an introvert and about everything in me just says, just be quiet. (laughs) But I'm a disciple of Jesus and Jesus is my savior and he is the hope of the world. And how can I not tell people the greatest news ever and their only hope? Share the heart of Jesus. Start your day sharing the heart of Jesus plan. I want you to come up with a plan. I want life groups to work on these. Focus, Jesus, I want to advance the cause of the gospel right where you have planted me. Help me not to be afraid to share the greatest news ever, the hope of the world with those I meet. And then some action steps. And this is such a specific one. Please do this. Father, prompt my heart with the name of someone you want me to share the gospel with. Let God bring someone to mind and then just start praying your head and heart off for that individual to respond to the gospel message because we can't convince people it's gotta be God and his spirit and his word. Action, please help me to get better, God, at effectively sharing the message of the gospel in the natural flow of my life. Yours might look something like that. I encourage you, to work on this. I want each of us to wake up in the morning thinking about how we can pass these values on to others, that we can be disciples who make disciples who make disciples. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come up. There's just a beautiful response song and I'm gonna give you an opportunity to respond today. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to join this song. Whether you've been a Christian for a week or for 50 years or more, to just say, I am committed to being a disciple who makes disciples who makes disciples. I'm committed to, to growing my relationship with Jesus. I'm committing, committed to living out his heart in all my relationships. I'm committed to sharing the hope of the gospel with my world. If that's your heart today, I ask you during this song, just make your, come out of the aisle and make your way front here. And don't worry about what other people are doing. Just think about you and Jesus. And you may be saying, man, it is an impossible task. That is just too hard. That's not how I'm wired. I don't have the right giftings. I don't have what it takes. Josh sent a maple tree seed pod home with us last week. And you look at one of these pods and there isn't much to them. They're not very beautiful. (laughs) They're fragile. (laughs) And really all they can do is, you know, die on the tree branch. (laughs) And when they get dry enough, they have this really cool, like three second experience and then they're on the ground. (laughs) And if you really get inside one of these, you end up with a seed that's too small for you to see unless you're in the front row. Not much to offer. 
And yet all that seed needs to do is land on the ground and make contact with a little bit of soil, ever so little bit of soil. And within days, a maple tree springs up, a beautiful maple tree, a magnificent maple tree. Here's one in our, in our front yard in the fall a few years ago. And so all God wants you to do is to believe in him, believe that he's your, your savior. And then for you to just say, I am available to you. I'm not much, but I'm available to you. Take all of me. Use me in ways that'll count for eternity. As we sing this song, let's stand. As we sing this song, man, if that's your heart, if that's your heart, then I want you to just make your way front. Make your way front during this song. Let's sing our hearts out to God. Nothing. The King of all kings came to serve, washing my feet, covering me with your love. Let's sing together. If more of you means less of me, take everything. Yes, all of you.
If those words, if those words we just sang are the desire of your heart, I'd love to hear a good amen. amen. May we be a church that knows the heart of Jesus, that lives out the heart of Jesus in our relationships. May we be a community of believers that shares the heart of Jesus, the hope of the gospel with our world. Amen and amen. God bless you.